This is Channel 253. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rood, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Candice. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, informing an empowered electorate. I thought we were empowering an informed electorate. In in the the city city of destiny. Hi, Candace. <laughs> so today on a very special episode of a Channel 253 podcast, uh, Citizen Tacoma joined forces with Evelyn Lopez of Crossing Division for a little talk about recycling. That's right. You're going to have to hear the word diaper. But other than that, it's very informative <laughs> and interesting. You wouldn't believe what people try to recycle. I think dead body was one of the words. Dead, I mean, okay. Wait, let's get on it. <laughs> Okay, welcome to a special joint episode of Crossing Division and Citizen Tacoma, which I think we're going to call Crossing Citizen or Division Tacoma. I think so. (laughs) Hi, Evelyn. Hi, Candace. So today in the studio, we have City Councilman Ryan Mello. Hi, Ryan. Hi, good to see you. Good to see you. And we have, give me your title, Lewis. Uh, Division Manager for Environmental Services in charge of Solid Waste Management. For the city of Tacoma. For the city of Tacoma. So we're here today to talk about recycling. Yes, especially Tacoma's curbside recycling program and big changes. Big, yeah, big, big changes. changes. <laughs> um, do you want to run down with those? Who wants to take take a bite at that? What are the changes that that Tacoma curbside recyclers are facing? So I'll I'll start at a high level, and yeah, Lewis has all the the detail about why we're here and. Where we've come. But uh, where we are today is we actually used – the city of Tacoma used to make money on recycling. Really? <laughs> recycling used to be a net positive on the balance sheet for the solid waste division. Okay. We would collect all the recyclables curbside. Well, we do collect all the recyclables curbside, get sorted and distributed to well, to China was the – uh, buyer of most of our recyclables. Lewis is always going to correct me when I get data wrong. <laughs> so, so I'll jump in right there. The net revenue we were getting, that's really not not including the cost of collecting. So oh. that's just once we've collected it and it's going to our contractor that sorts it and sells it. At that point. That point. So mm, it, very it, important. it sh- shouldn't be – we've never made money. There was still a cost to it, but it was offset by the revenue from the marketing. Do you think it was kind of a a neutral cost? So the cost of collecting and processing maybe was offset by the income we got from the recyclables? Or do you think we've always been a little bit at a loss? It's always been a little bit at a loss. It's never been fully offset. That makes sense. But now it's at a much greater loss Mm -hmm. because – Again, fo- the folks were paying us for the recyclables. Now we need to pay for. Th- now we need to pay a transportation cost, a significant transportation cost, to get rid of it. So it's turned into more of a liability on the balance sheet. Whereas before, the recyclables used to be an asset on the balance sheet. Yeah. Let me ask you, too. So I have my theory, which is sometimes wrong, is that one of the benefits of doing the curbside recycling and that and the theory of, like, just toss it all in one bin mm-hmm. was sort of to get people 
into recycling, make it easy for people. Is that true? Yeah, that's really the advantage of the commingling mm-hmm. in one bin is it's convenient and it's easy and so more people will recycle more. Yeah. So that's the advantage. There's a, a flip side to that, though. But what's the flip side? So, I mean, we've been trained now, like, for easy recycling. And the, and the flip side is that there's more contamination because it can be confusing or because people want to recycle everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, maybe we should have been being particular in the beginning and sorting it really carefully and everything so that we would train ourselves to do that. But, you know. We're bad recyclers, it turns out. I've definitely, like, seen... People close to me who I love put a peanut butter jar with peanut butter mm-hmm. still in it, <gasps> and there's I took it out, but I didn't t- I didn't mention it to him. I just quietly later took it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, we need to teach them so they don't do it. I again. know. No, I did. And I did now. Yeah, we've we've had a discussion, especially since this whole this whole issue we're dealing with now has come to the fore. Mm-hmm. So sorry. To so to so in. China. So the reason why we have the problem in front of us is we've been sending all of our recyclables to China. They would then take those recyclables and turn them into new products. Yeah. It was a feedstock, right? Um, because our our recyclables have been contaminated, and we should mm-hmm. talk about what. Yeah, what contaminated does that actually means. mean? Contaminated. I mean, it, it sounds like you know radioactive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like peanut butter all over the peanut butter right. jar. It, so it's everything from that, lots of food still in the containers, mm-hmm. to just plain the wrong stuff. Diapers. Uh, diapers. diapers, diapers, the clamshell, you bowling know, balls, bowling balls, <laughs> lot, lots and lots of stuff that are just simply not recyclable. Everything from crazy, like bowling balls to machine guns, dead bodies. Wait, 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 wait. We've heard some crazy <laughs> stories. Lois has seen some we shit. Need to, we need to dig down on that one. So, <laughs> what is like the most horrific thing you've seen in recycling, Lewis? Well, I don't see. Well, that you've heard of that I've happening. heard. I, well, the the bowling balls was pretty shocking. At this, <laughs> we were at a conference put on by Waste Management. That's mm-hmm. the biggest waste management company in in the United States, and so they have all kinds of facilities. But yeah. the stat they gave was they see a hundred bowling balls a week <laughs> in, in the commingled recycling across all of their different facilities. But people so a week people oh. <laughs> think that the bowling ball is made out of plastic. I guess so. Is they it? figure. It can go in the bin. I mean, I'm, it's kind of a resiny stuff, isn't it? I just wouldn't even occur to me to think that would go in. I'm blown away. <laughs> That's amazing. Also, who's throwing out that many bowling balls? Like they're not I like reused. They're not like a, a single-use item. So, anyway. con- so again, contamination is everything from dirty peanut jars, right, to bowling, to, balls. To bowling balls, and everything in between, okay. clamshells, other things that are not recyclable. People wish they were recyclable, yes. but they're not. And so this. Once this stuff gets to China, it, China would say no, this stuff is too contaminated, right? And we're not good, and they would just end up landfilling this stuff because it, it it's too much labor to uncontaminate, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sort again when it gets there. They're like, no, we're not going to do that, and. So finally, they said, Americans, you got to get your act together yeah. before we start accepting any more of your recycling. Wow. We're like, what? No. <laughs> Let wow. us recycle our diapers. Right. Well, one of the things Lewis and I were talking before we went on the air about um, why, why China? I mean, how, how did this develop that we were sending everything overseas like this? Well, they had the market for those mm-hmm. materials. You know, they were manufacturing, and so they had a market for taking plastic and turning it into you know, the raw plastic and then turning it into product product mm-hmm. again. So, and we couldn't compete with that because they could, 
It was cheap to ship it there because we had a lot of empty containers going back to China Mm -hmm. from all the product that they would send over here. And so there wasn't uh, a willingness for people to invest in that kind of process here Mm -hmm. because China would be able to undercut them on price. Yeah. So if our stuff is too contaminated for China, uh, what's happening now? Where is it going? It's going to other markets now, primarily in Asia, Mm -hmm. uh, some in Europe, some domestically. Okay. And that's, I think the hope is that there will be more market in the United States that will develop as a result of this, but that will take some time. And regardless, we need to up our game on on cleaning up our recycling. Right. So to get cleaner product in the in the stream. Okay. Absolutely. So what is the city looking at doing? What's going on? So we're out in the community and have been for the past uh, couple of months and will be for about another month and um, asking the community, uh, first educating the community mm-hmm. about about this interesting problem. And a lot of folks find it very intriguing. So there's a lot (laughs) of learning going on. Um, And then we're um, talking to the community about four possible options. Um, I know Lewis can go through the options in more (laughs) detail. They they range everything from stopping current curbside recycling and setting up mini recycling centers, you know, throughout the city. You can imagine three, four-ish places you, you know, local school, you come and have to bring your recyclables to to a place once a week or whatever works for you. So it's everything from that, stopping curbside recycling and creating neighborhood recycling centers that people have to go to, to enhancing what we have, keeping curbside recycling by taking out a few things that are not recyclable out of the list mm-hmm. that Lewis can explain what the list is. And on that, at that end of the spectrum is enhancing community education about how to be better recycler, mm-hmm. recyclers. So, and there's a couple of options in between that mm-hmm. um, I know that Lewis can explain. So we're, there's four, four options. We're out in the community explaining the four options and asking for feedback from customers about what, what they would like to see happen. Well, let's dig into that a little bit because I had written some notes down from the survey. And first of all, people, there is a survey out there. Um, the survey results are, are should be in by March 15th. So if you haven't taken it yet, you can find it on the City of Tacoma website. Go take the survey. Mm-hmm. It's really important because it will reveal not only what people want and need from the city, but it also teaches you a little bit of something about maybe your own recycling. Like I'm kind of a super recycler and I think I'm actually creating problems. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But it looked like option one was eliminate curbside recycling and develop satellite drop-off spots. But even that would have a $1.33 a month increase in in costs. So even getting rid of curbside is going to have, we're going to face some costs. Yeah, why is that? So this is a little hard to wrap your head around because it would seem like, you know, if we're getting rid of that service, we should be saving money. Mm-hmm. But kind of the, the baseline where we're at right now is it's it's costing us $3 per customer a month oh. more. And so to eliminate that service, we'd be saving that $1.70 or okay. whatever it would be. Okay. So just doing the amount of recycling that we're doing, like if I went to the um, – Environmental Services Center, and I brought all my recycling there. Just our normal recycling without curbside has cost, increased cost over what we're already paying. No, I'm saying the oh, okay. the current state where we provide 
commingled curbside mm-hmm. and the glass bin. Uh, that's kind of our status quo, mm-hmm. and it's costing us that we would need three dollars a month more just to cover that, and that's kind of option okay. three is that three dollars a month yeah. to maintain what we have now. Okay, so option one is we get rid of the curbside. You're still gonna have to pay a little bit more because things just cost more. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So that material that once we got revenue for, now we take it to the landfill, and so we have to pay to right. haul okay. it and dispose it. And we've been absorbing the these costs ever since the economic shift with the right. China policy. We've been absorbing these costs that Lewis is explaining, the dollar thirty per customer. Yeah. And we've, we've been able to absor- um, absorb them because of some modestly better economic times yeah. that, the, that the utility is facing and reserves that we've built up. So we didn't – but that's been going on for many months while we think about this. And so now it's it, – we, th- we don't have those right. reserves anymore to lean on. Well, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, sort of city finances. I mean, out of that pot of money the city has, you're paying mostly salaries uh, and benefits. And so if you want to, let's say, maybe increase the number of police department um, – officers you have available in the community, that's a cost. If you, you know, have a, a salary increase for people, that's a cost. So, you know, I, the city has pretty narrow margins on, you know, mm-hmm. having some extra money to spread here and yeah. there. And this is our solid waste utility is a cost of service utility. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make a profit or it doesn't have shareholders. So it's just cost of service utility. So it's it's an enterprise fund. Every dollar in and dollar out is only related to solid waste. It doesn't go to pay for police officers or potholes. (laughs) So every dollar in, dollar out is for just for the cost of doing the business, no profit, no more. Right. So option two is... Uh, I want to go back to option one because it's a little more complicated than, okay, we're just going to stop commingled and that will go to the landfill now. That means that if if you don't want to get a bigger garbage can, you have to take all that recyclable and haul mm-hmm. it to the recycle centers right. yourself. Likely, not everybody will be able to do that. And right. so if you get a bigger garbage can, that's a bigger impact than $3 a month, right. you know, oh, depending yeah. on how – you know, if you have two 90-gallon recycling bins now that yeah. you fill up every week – uh, that's a lot of garbage then that you're going to have to pay for. Mm-hmm. Or people will illegally dump more, mm-hmm. Oh, that's which I right. see a lot of in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. So those are costs that we really don't know how to predict, mm-hmm. uh, but it would be for most customers more than that $1.33 yeah. a month. So the $1.33 really may be the most conservative way of, of making an adjustment. Yeah. So t- number two is a surcharge of $2.40 a month, and you would eliminate glass curbside recycling and set up satellite um, glass recycling sites. That's correct. And that was just the the glass bins are separate from the mm-hmm. commingle. Yeah. And so that's one piece that— So tell me about the glass yeah, bins. Why, why is that a problem? It's mostly that that's not very efficient. Mm-hmm. It's— preferable that we don't want to put the glass in the commingle because that, yes. that ends up being a contamination problem. Yeah. So if we do collect a curbside, we want to collect it separately, but it's not very efficient. Now, mm-hmm. that glass does get recycled, and there's some revenue for it, so mm-hmm. it's not um, it's not a horrible thing, mm-hmm. but the, the cost relative to how much we collect is low or okay. I guess higher cost per, yeah. per, per ton that we collect. So the process is really uh, is really where your cost comes in and sort of, you know, we want to collect the glass, but 
we would do it in a way that was less uh, costly or labor-intensive. Right, and that's a model that Pierce County has. They have satellite stations for glass. They don't collect the glass curbside. Hmm. It's interesting. Well, is it like, because the glass, I mean, at least at my place, it's like the little guy. So mm-hmm. someone has to jump off the truck and pick it up exactly. and it takes time. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to the commingled bin gets lifted by an arm of the truck. Mm-hmm. So we have, you know, less, um, it's more efficient, less folks get hurt on the job. Right. And there's, mm-hmm. all, there's all these uh, um, reasons for, for it. And we hauled the glass to Seattle. So the... Uh, glass. The there's a facility in Seattle that recycles glass and mm. makes it into new bottles. But that's a fairly long haul for a heavy yeah. material. So yeah. there's yeah. kind of a, a couple of layers of inefficiency in mm-hmm. in glass recycling. We can mm-hmm. track our wine bottle. <laughs> I was gonna say if you're like the guy that jumps off and has to like tip the glass into the truck, you probably get so much nasty stale yeah. beer and wine all yeah. over you. Just like s- thinking about that smell makes me want to vomit. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Good soldiers, it's heavy, though. too. I mean, mm-hmm. that's actually pretty hard work, I think, dumping those bins of glass. Lift with your legs, people. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And rinse out those wine bottles before yeah. you put them in the recycling. Right, right. But most people don't. I rinse my wine bottles. Well, I'm just saying, we wouldn't be in this in this situation if everyone was really yeah. good at recycling, including myself. I, no, that's true. Yeah, that's I'm true. terrible at this. Apparently. All right. So number three option is a $3 surcharge and full curbside recycling. Um, but I think there may be some differences. That sounds like that kind of is the maintenance of sort of the current curbside. That's kind of maintaining the status quo. That's okay. what it would cost really to readjust our rates to cover the cost of service uh, that we're providing currently. Mm-hmm. And option four is a $4 surcharge, but you get the full curbside service plus education and plus um, some other things? Primarily education. Yeah. And that's come out just recycling is confusing and complicated. It is confusing. So that would be a a way to try to help customers understand what 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 they can recycle. So that everyone would be recycling better. Right. Yeah. It's like you almost need something on your the city's website where you type in something to ask if it's recyclable. Because when you're in the in the act of thinking about should I recycle this or not, it's not always on the city website. You should be able like type it in and then yes, no. Right. Or take a picture of it on your smartphone. Yeah. And yes. I think we have a uh, new business. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really great good idea. idea. That's really – so, Ryan, have you gotten any feedback from people on these options? Because I'll tell you, just from perusing Facebook, um, which is where I gather most of my information about everything, <laughs> uh, it seems like people are angry mm-hmm. at the idea of losing curbside recycling. And so when, but when you say to them, which I have, which is, I don't think it's so much about curbside really going away as we may need to pay more money to keep our curbside or improve our curbside. And then they're pretty angry about that too. (laughs) People are appalled that we're even studying getting rid of curbside recycling. Like, why are you wasting your time even thinking about that? (laughs) Which makes me feel good that Tacomans are very proud of their willingness to recycle and their ability to recycle. What Um, they think is their ability to recycle. Yes. Um, I was told by our great staff team that actually this is the survey, the one survey in that, that staff can remember has gotten the most feedback and interaction, participation. Oh, really? We've, we've already had, I think, a little over 5,200 respondents, which again, we're told is the most participation 
that we're aware of of any city survey. And we put out a lot of surveys. <laughs> so there's a lot of interest. Good. Um, definitely hearing, don't take away my recycling. Mm-hmm. So... Um, so I, I we're, we're you know early sort of anecdotal. Lewis hasn't released the data yet to, yeah. to the city council, but he sort released. of trends. <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, anecdotally hearing, don't take it away. We you know at least the status quo. We you know maybe a little more. So anecdotally, that's mm-hmm. I think the public, the general public that I'm hearing from is hovering around three options, three and four. Mm-hmm. 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 So, but that like if if we kind of decide on the status quo option, other than like helping the city get some of the money back that it's been losing on this, um, we're really not doing anything for the environment and or for the problem. It sounds like. Yeah, I, if you forced me to vote today, mm-hmm. I would vote for option four. Mm-hmm. Um, let me be clear: we have a lot more public process to to happen. <laughs> right. A lot more listening. But if you force me to vote today based on what I know and have heard so far, option four is the way to go. Um, because if if we don't, we, we've we all have just been talking for a little bit about how the root problem is we don't do it right. Mm-hmm. And you can keep throwing good money after bad if mm-hmm. we don't invest in educating the public about how to do it better. Right. And I think over time, our costs will go down when the inputs, right, uh, um, junk in, junk out. Right. So um, when the inputs get better and cleaner, then we'll have a, a more a, a product that is worth more to recyclers. Costs go down. So there's there's so much uh, there's so much more valuable value in a little bit more education. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh well, uh, I was going to say on that note before we get kind of get into a little deeper onto what is recyclable mm. and what isn't recyclable and how to be better recyclers. I think let's take a little break. Yeah. This is Nate Bowling, host of the Nerd Farmer podcast on the Channel 253 network. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. Alaska is our hometown airline. They remember the TAC and SeaTac, if you know what I mean. Just the other day, I saw Alaska running an ad in a local magazine with the tagline, Fly Like the Mountain is Out. If Alaska Airlines can be South Sound proud, we can be too, and choose our local airline. I know of people who work at Alaska. I bet you do too. Sometimes I see them when I fly, and sometimes I see them out and about enjoying life in the 253. And what's awesome is Alaska's the best airline around. Local and the best way to fly, that's an easy choice to make. I'm Nate Bowling, Alaska Airlines MVP Gold, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. Okay, we're back. Hey, before we get into the nitty-gritty of recycling. I just want to say, if you are not a member of Channel 253, seriously, you need to consider membership. $4 a month, the best podcasts in town, probably the best podcasts in the country. (laughs) And if you want to know what's going on in Tacoma, this is the real deal. This is the way to find out what is new. And if you're a member, you get advance notice of the Adult Civics Happy Hour, so you can get tickets before they sell out. Yeah, that's only one fair burger from Shake, Shake, Shake a month. Oh, my gosh. That yeah. is a heck of a bargain. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm working on my comparisons. Last last week I had taquitos from 7-Eleven. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I always think of things in terms of lattes. I know. Everyone you know? does. Yeah. I'm trying to mix it up. Because I'm saying for the recycling, <laughs> you know, $4 a month, that's like less than a grande flat white. Yeah, right. Which I get every day. Yes. Yeah. So let's talk about some recycling. And and my confession is this. I want to recycle everything so much that I am probably putting things in the recycle bin that I should not. And I happen to have with me a bag of refuse. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Lewis, I have a plastic bottle. It's a number two plastic bottle, no lid. Recyclable? Recyclable. And it, and it doesn't matter so much the number. Oh. We're mostly concerned about the shape. Oh. oh, the shape. So bottles are good. Bottles are good. Bottles are good. I have a little tub from Met Market Deli. Um, it looks like it's sort of the medium size tub. Clear plastic. And again, it's not so much a concern of whether it's clear or not, but the shape is good. Tubs are in. Okay. Well, what about if that thing had a, a, a lid? I do have a lid, a clear lid from the tub. So we would say no to that type of lid. Oh, now tell me why. That type of lid ends up as cross-contamination. So we didn't really talk about cross-contamination yeah, too tell much. Yeah, what that is. So that's when plastic, for example, ends up in the paper bale at the end Ooh, of the process. And that's not good. So the, the way that materials are sorted, it's a very mechanical process, and it depends on the weight and the shape of the materials. And so something flat and lightweight gets sorted with paper and cardboard generally. So okay. the computers, the robots in the facility will just will think it's paper. So okay. it gets there are human beings work there's a hundred <laughs> human beings who work in this material recovery okay. facility where all of our recycling from Tacoma goes to in the tide flats. A hundred human beings but any I was mental, just about to jump in on but, the robots. Right. Yeah. I was gonna say any mental image I have about Oompa Loompas working <laughs> in it. But it, but it's but it is highly mechanicalized. I, I went on a tour with Lewis recently and because uh, you can imagine it, tons and tons of stuff yeah. literally tons of stuff come through it so there's a hundred human beings who work there every month and th they are using all these different machines to, to sort all this stuff quickly okay I have a yogurt uh, actually a sour cream container white uh, plastic but it doesn't matter what color it is or it's anything. a tub it's, it's good. a tub it's good nice. and the lid from that uh, is Again, a no. Not a no-go. The only okay. lids that we would r recommend are screw-on lids So, like, okay. for so, that would have been okay. Right, a screw-on Yeah, so lid. for my bottle of uh, all-purpose leather cleaner. And, nice. and keep that on the bottle, so don't put those lids in loose. Okay, so you would clean out the bottle, dry it, and that's kind of a challenge, I have to tell you. Dry it out and then put the lid back on and toss it in the recycling bin. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I have a uh, packaging here from some mascara. So it has a plastic um, thing, and then it has a paper backing. My guess is I can recycle the paper backing but not the plastic blister. That's correct. Okay. Wow. Mm -hmm. Cat food can. I'm so glad you did this. This is so I smart. <laughs> I have, a, I know, I always have plenty of recycling at my house. I have a little fancy feast cat food can, and what my practice has been is to clean it out and dry it, but then I've put the lid back in and squished the can to keep it closed. But I think that's a problem. We would say no lid. No lid. No and, lid. and why is that? Again, that would end up potentially mixed into the wrong materials okay. because of the shape. Yeah, and I think I think the thing I didn't really think through is that even though I may have put the lid in here, um, it's going to go into the giant, you know, mixing machine, and the lid's probably going to come out. And in the back of the recycle truck, it gets compacted with yeah, a lot around. of materials. So it, it's got to go through a journey just to get to the recycle center. What about the paper around it? Oh, yeah. Should I take the paper label off the can, or does that not matter? I don't believe that that matters. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, I have an empty prescription medicine bottle, or, yeah, with uh, a lid. I would say no to medicine or, or supplements, vitamins, just okay. because the exposure of 
the workers at the facility. If, yeah, if there you was don't really know what might have been residue in there. In there. Okay, good point. I have an Advil uh, container with a lid. So I'd say no on that. Same as well. thing, medicine-ish. Right. Okay. I just want to go back to the idea about the paper labels. Yeah. And on metal, I don't think that's an issue. Okay. But on plastic bottles, a lot of times now there's kind of a shrunk-on plastic label. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can be problematic depending on the sorting technology in the facility because oh. the plastic label is a different type of plastic from the bottle itself. Right. And they seen... use these optical sorters that shine a light into the bottle and it can tell what type of plastic it mm-hmm. is, but it it can't always see through that shrunk-on label. Like an Aquafina water bottle or something. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, seeing like milk so you want to cut half, those, half those yeah. labels off and put those labels in the garbage. Okay. Sorting technology okay. is the more politically correct term than... Than what? The robots and, and <laughs> the, the machines and the... Someone's coming after it, you about jobs now, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay, and I have all of this in a in a plastic bag. And the and I'll tell you, I, I, I have been recycling plastic bags. I've been, I collect them all on the sink top they're all dry and then i bag them up in one big bag and put them in but i'm not so sure about that now and that one is a confusing one because it on our website we still allow bagged plastic bags into the commingled recycling but we are told that that's really problematic for the sorting process so those workers there have to pull those bags out and if they miss one because they're, you know, they've got it going by on a conveyor belt, right. uh, really a lot of material at a very fast rate. If they miss one, then that's going to really screw up the machines. It'll get wound around the axles of the different machines that are yeah. moving. Eventually, the sorting technology. The sorting technology. <laughs> they have to okay. shut that down and yeah. then manually and then clear it all out. Pull all that plastic out with knives, oh, and oh, that's no. a dirty, dangerous job that yeah, the, the that. people that work there don't want to see plastic bags. Okay. Right. All right. I think I will give up the trying to recycle plastic bags. So you can yeah. take those to the recycle center. Okay. Or I think some grocery stores may still take okay. back plastic bags. Well, maybe I'll take it to the recycling center. Do you think it makes a difference if I have uh, these ones? This was a Land's End bag. It has some paper labels on it. Should I cut them off? It's probably better. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to do quite a bit of labor. I know, here. Evelyn. I love how serious yeah. you are about this. <laughs> We should all be. But this is what we mean by community education. You, you and 215,000 other Tacomans have the exact same questions, and it takes human beings like Lewis we who have are to have smart, the conversation. to have these conversations. Mm, right. And this is how you teach people. This is how people learn. And this is what the additional dollar per month in mm-hmm. option four would go to is showing up on people's doorsteps, perhaps, right. and answering their questions and engaging them in conversation. Maybe an app. Doing Maybe more pods, podcasts. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, absolutely. With some pictures, I think. I have a question that might be a dumb one, but it's I've always wondered about it. Just mail, and I think as election season starts mm. to heat up this year, we're going to have a lot of mail, and it's kind of glossy. And also, like, the envelopes with the... Windows. With the windows, yeah, the plastic windows. I've been told that the plastic windows aren't a problem, but okay. I think if you have mail and you're if you have a question and you think maybe there's too much plastic in this, I'd say put it in the garbage. If it's yeah. glossy, it should go in the garbage. Yeah, magazines, all that stuff. Ma- well, glossy is okay. It's some plastic. If it's bits. plastic coated in some way, oh. so magazines are fine. That okay. that's good. Okay. Mail's fine. Magazines are fine. Yeah, if if it's the co- cross contamination issue, if it's plastic embedded in. 
a, oh. a magazine. That's where it becomes a problem. Right. I see. Right. You know how some of the um, groups will send you like a fake little credit card in yes. the mailer? You have to take that out because that's plastic. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. It's terrible stuff. So <laughs> I've heard the phrase, you know, when in doubt, throw it out. And that's really hard for me. But I'm going to try. <laughs> and, and that's because really, rather than contaminate all the good recycling through my mistakes, it would be better to put it in the trash. Right. The cleaner the material that goes in the recycling, the better that product is going to be, the more marketable it will be, the more revenue that we potentially could get. And that yeah. ultimately okay. will lead to lower cost. You know, one of the things I didn't have in my bag is those uh, clamshell, those plastic clamshells that hold like pieces of lovely pieces of cheesecake at Met Market mm, and other things, yeah. takeout. Mm-hmm. And that's a no-go, right, Lewis? That's right. It's and a no-go. Again, because in the back of the truck or in the processing equipment, it can get smashed and end mm-hmm. up looking more like mixed paper to the sorting process. Mm-hmm. So it'll end up most likely as cross-contamination. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So um, we talked a little bit about, about the feedback you're getting, but um, is there – and I had a friend – I was talking to a friend earlier about doing, doing this podcast, and he was asking why – or if there is a – potentially a demand for more recycling – like recycled products here so that we could process it here – and whether maybe that's an issue. And someone else was talking to me about how maybe that's an issue that the city council could take up. We're only going to use X amount of recycled materials in our streets or something like that. So my, I'll have my layperson answer <laughs> and then the, the expert, Lewis, who's steeped in the industry. Um, that certainly something the city council has, has asked our staff for more information about, which is how can we create more domestic markets for these recyclables to be mm-hmm. feedstock for future Things, wine bottles, mm-hmm. the metals, the paper. Um, it's about mar- it's about global economic markets, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's about we're competing with global economic markets, uh, transport global transportation costs, and need for these feedstocks of metals and paper and plastics. At the end of the day, so mm-hmm. it's complicated, right? But it's definitely worth thinking regionally, right? Pacific Northwest, how can we create the need? One thing that I've learned recently since I've dove into this issue is exactly what you said, Candice. When, when cons- as consumers, if we can create the demand mm. for recycled product, that's the best thing we can do right. as individuals or as a city or as a company. The more recycled product we buy, mm. the, the more demand there, there will be for it. So that, that's clearly something that we can and should be doing more of. And the city has a sustainable purchasing policy that does just that. It adds a layer of criteria to our purchasing decisions that look at if, if we're, we have two products and one of them has more recycle or is more environmental in some way, that that is considered as a factor in our choices. There's also, I'm aware of some bills at the state level that I think oh. are looking to try and drive more demand for recycled products. So those are things that can... That can happen regionally, right? As well as individually. Good. Maybe when Jay Ensley is president, <laughs> we'll all be recycling. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll all be using all recycled products. Amazon won't stuff your boxes with a million little plastic pieces of crap. That's just a personal. You can opt out of that stuff. You can. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that. We should have a podcast on opting out of. Yeah. 
that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. and that's See, the I'm, trying to, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to be better. <laughs> we should do that. That's the other thing that people can do is don't create that mm. waste in the first place. So bringing your own bags or right. bringing your own mug to the coffee shop or yeah. choosing to purchase things that don't have as much packaging mm-hmm. so that we don't have to dispose of as much. You guys are looking at me like I just killed someone's pet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go I'm going to go on your Amazon app yeah. after this and yeah. help you it's unclick. It's kind of training yourself. I mean, I have like a little bamboo utensil set stuck in the car mm. and a metal straw stuck in the car and I'm pretty good about the straw, but I don't always remember that I have those bamboo utensils if I stop and get a little takeout salad or something. And really but I'm better about um, bags now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. You know, so it just takes some just, time just, takes just doing training. it. Yeah. Better about straws too. It's just like yeah. the more it's in the public conscience, I think, the more we're all like when you go for that straw, you're like, oh, like I don't need that. You know, I, I went out for drinks at Alma Mater um, two nights ago at Matriarch, and they had a metal straw in there. Yes, I, I loved that. I, I went was there so recently impressed. too. Yeah. yeah. I went to the Tacoma Comedy Club, and I don't know if this is a sustainability thing. I'm guessing it is. And they don't have plastic straws at mm-hmm. all, and they make you pay $2 to borrow a metal one. Wow. So that was interesting. Yeah. Wow. That's not really very, you know, disability uh, compliant, though. This is true. Yeah. We'll see. Right. Um, if they get in trouble for that. Um, well, we were sort of beating ourselves up, Lewis, saying, you know, well, I'm trying so hard, but I think I'm contaminating. And and before we, you know, went during the break, you said we should not feel too bad. Yeah. About don't be so hard on yourselves. That The Northwest is really the, has been a leader in recycling. And our recycle stream, I think, is about 10% contamination, mm-hmm. which compared to nationally, it can be up to 20 or 25%. So we're, okay. I mean, there's room for improvement still, but sure. we're not. We're not bad. We're recycling. not horrible. And, and hopefully investing in education more that we can drive that 10% down. That would be the performance be measure, great, mm-hmm. right? It? The performance measure would be, can we get that 10% down to 5%? I think you should give like incentive um, special things to households that have really clean recycling. Hmm. You know, like a big gold star that gets pasted on your recycling bin. <laughs> I think people will be upset that we're looking into their recycling oh, bin privacy. Oh, maybe so. My friends at the ACLU will be too happy with me. <laughs> Although I think the standard is if you've put it in the trash, you have no privacy interest in it any longer. You would know. You're the lawyer. Right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I don't think people like that. Right. I mean, I think that may be the law, but that doesn't mean people feel good about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah you, especially if people have tossed their medicine containers in there. <laughs> well, if they get the gold star, maybe they'd be okay with it. I know. I think so. And so I, you wouldn't get a gold star if you put your medicine containers in. Because right. that's not a good thing to recycle. No, then you just get banned from the recycling program. You know, I think people have been. So I've heard heard of like apartment complexes Mm -hmm. that tried to do recycling, but they couldn't get all their resident. People were throwing their trash in the recycling, and they finally got their recycling bins taken away. They were banned from recycling. Good. Does that happen very often, Lewis? Well, it's been happening more often recently because we've had to focus more on the contination. Uh, We're going to try and— do more education mm-hmm. targeted to multifamily as well. Do you make people wear well. shirts that say, I am a bad recycler? <laughs> <laughs> we, we haven't tried that yet. How many are, how many are banned? I don't know exactly. Is there, it a lot? There's been maybe tens of... Is it uh, apartment uh, complexes usually? It's generally apartment Has there ever been complexes. like a private home ban? Uh, I can't say for sure, but I think it's possible that that would happen. Shame. Shame. Oh, man. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. The recycling in my building, I, I live in a in an apartment building in, mm-hmm. in the stadium district, and the, and the property manager, I ran into her the other day, actually, and she told me we got a nasty gram 
from oh. the city and we all need to shape up. And so they did a, it's a small building where right? there's only like 20 of us in the building, but they went door to door to, because they were ready to take our recycling away. Yeah. Good, good. good. And she knew she had Mr. Environmental Sustainability yeah. in her building. Yeah, I promised her I was not the culprit, <laughs> but it only takes one. That's well, true. people are strange about trash and recycling. And as I was saying during the break, I have a friend who's totally ultra, ultra green. Um, and she just she just said, though, on uh, Facebook when we were sharing that information about recycling, she just said, I am not going to clean out my cat food cans. Come on. Just period. Yeah. I am not going to do that. It's like that is just, you know, a hill too far for me to go. And I thought, and so I said, well, then you need to throw them in the, in the trash then. If right. You're not going to clean them out. Yeah. And I don't know what you decided to do, but but it was strange. It was like, really? That's mm-hmm. the thing you're going to say? No, I can go no farther. I cannot clean out a cat food can. <laughs> but I don't know. Not related to cat food cans necessarily, mm-hmm. but um, one of the things that I think I was taught recently is one of the more lucrative items in the recycling stream is cardboard. Oh. There's a couple oh. of. More luc- some things are more lucrative mm-hmm. than others, but cardboard, I think, Lewis, is more lucrative than some other products by weight or something like that. And one other question that I have is oftentimes, especially like in commercial settings, you see the cardboard, the big cardboard yeah. bin, right, sitting outside of restaurants right. or retail facilities. And let's say it's sitting in the rain yes, mm. with, and the top is off or something and the cardboard gets wet or the paper gets wet. Is that is it still recyclable if it gets wet here in the Northwest? It, to a point, mm-hmm. if it's soaked, if the whole load is soaked all the way through, then that's probably going to mold, and and at that point mm-hmm. it wouldn't be. If it's a little bit wet and it can dry out, then it's okay. So it depends. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wonder yeah, about, I wondered that too. about that. Yeah, and what about with the glass? Because those cover those bins are uncovered. At least the residential ones are. So. You don't care about that. The glass can get wet. Glass can get okay. wet. Okay. Because it doesn't melt it, right, or contaminate it, really. Right. If it was mixed in with everything else and it was wet, that would be problematic. Right. But uh-huh. glass, it, I think the recycling process involves water oh, at uh, some point anyhow. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but not for the other group of recycling. And is that because of the cardboard and the paper, or do you not want the aluminum stuff, metal stuff wet as well? It, it's mostly for the paper. Okay. So because it's commingled. Then that's a cross contamination. You don't want like a, a half a bottle, half a water bottle of water pouring out onto some Lacroix box, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Just a random example, yeah. and flatten your cardboard too, right? And all that stuff, right? Okay, okay. So, predictions: Where do you think we'll be in the world of recycling? Let's say a year or three years down the road, Ryan. What do you think? Can we do this? I think we can definitely do this. There's a lot of interest. So we're going to gather the the feedback. You know, staff is going to summarize the feedback. Um, my colleagues in the city councils have – we all have a lot more to learn about the mm-hmm. challenges. This is all confusing, right? And, mm, super and we've just We just scratched the surface with this conversation. Well, more than scratched the surface, but we've – but this yeah. is a complicated mm-hmm. topic. So um, the city council is going to get a summary of the findings from the robust public input and then be asked to make a decision by – it's late April, early May, I, I think, is the timeline. April, hopefully. April. We're coming to IPS end of March. What's so an IPS? Infrastructure Planning and Sustainability Committee. Oh. So you come to committee at the end of March, and then we 
take something to the full council in April. And so that's, it's his. It's upcoming. It's upcoming. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Lewis? What do you hope to see, let's say, in a year, three years in the recycling arena? Well, I've been encouraged by, you know, the passion mm-hmm. from the customers about mm-hmm. recycling. I don't want recycling to Did it surprise you away. that people had so much emotion about this? No, it didn't surprise mm-hmm. me. I, I think we knew it was just a question of you – know, there's also concern, obviously, about rate increases. Yes. And right. so it, where, which way do we tip? Yeah. But I think people want to recycle. Okay. So I think that based on that, that we will be able to uh, – continue to recycle and, and do it better. Okay. And when does that survey on the city's website close? March 15th, I believe. March 15th. Okay. And it's tacomarecycles.org slash changes is the specific website. Oh, very good. Perfect. Can you say that again? tacomarecycles.org slash changes. Excellent. Excellent. So sort of summing up what I hear today is um, be careful about your recycling. The shape is probably more important than what it's made out of, assuming it's a recyclable material. <laughs> Not a bowling ball. <laughs> Not a bowling ball. Keep your bowling balls out. Go Bowling balls, I will say, make excellent garden ornaments. Um, if you are in doubt, put it in the trash. Do not be an aspirational recycler. Be a factual recycler. Mm-hmm. Take the survey that's due by March 15th. Yes. And what else is a takeaway people can uh, take from this, Lewis? I think just we're looking for feedback. Okay. You know, if if we did approve the extra dollar for education, we haven't fleshed out exactly how we would roll that education out. So mm-hmm. if, if we got feedback on what would be effective, um, that could inform how we how we approach that. Good. Ryan, what other takeaways can, should people have from this podcast? That folks really do care and they're looking for um, – you know, the right option for Tacoma. Yeah. And so very heartened by how much people care about the issue and they, they want to have a system that works. Excellent. And I guess the other two takeaways I thought of was for things like medicine bottles or can lids, mm-hmm. it's the safety of the people who are doing the material handling mm-hmm. that's an issue too. And so res- keep that in bags, mind. The plastic bags. Plastic bags, yeah. not good. Mm-hmm. I take that away too. Yeah. Okay. All right. And reduce your impact upcycle. Bring your own bag to the grocery store. Bring your own mug to the coffee shop. Upcycle. Some coffee Upcycle. shops are giving you like a 10, 10% discount. Some, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so on bringing your own mug. Stop the problem from the top. That, And buy recycled product because mm. that's what feeds the demand for more recyclables. Local domestic demand for yeah. recycling. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's a good, I think those are three three kind of elements to think about. There mm-hmm. has to be that market, the demand for the product. If there's not a market for it, it can't be recycled. Right. And then it has to be sortable because okay. we're putting it all in. So the, those issues with the process and sorting and the people involved, that's the sorting process. So you have to think about we're mixing it all up and now it has to be sorted out. Yeah. And then the first piece being we need to collect it. And so that's what you put in the blue bin. Okay. I still want a gold star on my blue bin. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'll just wake up one morning and it'll just be there. That'd be so special. <laughs> Well, you just live around the block for me, so maybe I'll I come do. check out your bin. And <laughs> You'll find it on your utility bill. Lewis, you'll you put it on your <laughs> bill. <laughs> Sounds good to me. That's nice. That's good service. All right. Candace, anything from the Citizen Tacoma perspective? No, this is a great conversation. Thank you both so much. I really appreciate it. Yep. And from Crossing Division, I guess I would say 
That's it for us. And if you have any ideas for good shows, yeah. especially things that are kind of meaty discussions, mm-hmm. man, send them our way. We love wonky stuff we at love Channel 253. wonky stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Sure. Thank, Thank you, you both. Yeah, it's been fun. Good. Citizen Tacoma is part of the Channel 253 network. Check out our other podcasts, Move to Tacoma, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, Crossing Division, We Art Tacoma, Flounders B-Team, and Tacoma. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you heard on the show today, or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, please email me at candice.rude at gmail.com. That's Candice with an I dot rude, R-U-U-D, at gmail.com. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rude, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.